0: back to the gray area. This is Eric Henderson.
1: This is Dijon mine. and today we got my man Sean Willis on the show to talk about his political views and about what is it the lesser of two evils. So first off we want Sean to uh, first tell him about himself.
2: Uh, how y'all doing? I'm Sean for Sean. Uh, I'm a graduate of computers, a graduate of Hanover College. Uh, yeah, my bachelor's in computer science and then I do a lot of just political re- research um, and I also do a little bit of uh, real estate investing on the side.
1: Okay. All right. So one of the reasons that we are focused on this topic is because uh, in like the past four years, even with the Trump versus Hillary election, I've seen a lot of people saying they defer their voting right because they feel like they were choosing between the lesser two evils. And they rather not have either candidate in office. But the reality is one of the candidates is going to be in there. So we see a repeat of this with uh, Biden and Trump. And I would like to ask you, Sean, who are you? Uh, Do you plan on voting for either one?
2: So probably not. But here's the thing: Why, if I had to pick a candidate, like if you absolutely made me pick a candidate and say like you have to go and vote, mm-hmm. I would have to pick Trump. But I probably won't vote just because. Wait,
1: pause real quick. Let me react for the people.
2: Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's something that I would never thought you would have said, man. You gotta you gotta dig that out and, and uh. Yeah.
2: That. So. If you ask, if you most people and I are not gonna say like most black people especially and I are not gonna say like I would vote for Trump. The reason I would say I would vote for Trump if I had to would be that because what Biden has done to black people, black he's incarcerated over two hundred and fifty thousand black people mm. with the bill that he helped write for Bill Clinton back in the early nineties. So that has hurt black people a lot me, and he's really big on crime. And we know crime crime bills, they disproportionately affect black people usually because those codes and whatnot are enforced more so in black communities. So that's the reason I would say that.
0: But um, since when, when you bring that up, like what's going on in our brain, we're thinking about how like Trump is regressing. And it's like a sense of he's bringing the country backwards and not like trying to push things forward. Do you feel that like if people continue to vote for him and he gets this second term, that he'll push things even further backwards? Because we can look at how he like tried to take control of this coronavirus and he, he was a little late to the party for that and all of these things. So how do you, how do you see that going
1: well, so, and then wait, and even when uh also Trump is you know taking all taking back the l g b t q laws, then he is uh i guess taking back immigration laws, then he is trying to undo Obamacare, which is more progressive way of getting people who cannot afford health care stuff like that, so he's unsigning laws that were leading to we would say progress
2: right, so I would say one the first to response to Eric, um I would have to ask you how would you say that he is basically reverting America back. I would say economically, he's not reverting it back. I would say economically, he's improved our economy as far as money goes. As far as race relations, I will say that he has probably caused those tensions just because he says a lot of things that are open-ended, which is one of the reasons why I probably will be voting for him. And then there's other policies that he's put in place that and actions that he's taking that I are my best actions if I was to vote him in. It wouldn't be in my best, it wouldn't be in the best interest because the good things that I like about him won't outweigh the bad, Mm. but there's more good that I see that he could possibly do than Joe Biden. Um, As far as DJ, you were talking about the LGBT community and rolling back Obamacare. Uh, I think Obamacare was something that was interesting. I know a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, That really, to me, is not a matter of like race relations. That's more so a matter of economic and class issues, just because a lot of people that didn't like those were... A lot of people that didn't like Obamacare were people that were working, people that were middle class, upper class that were working because obviously that money, there were more taxes being taken away from their money so that they could pay for somebody else to have health care. Now, in the yeah. essence, is that good? Yes. But also we've seen that free health care. and It's not the best option. Um, the best option for providing the best health care would be having a free market in health care. But right now that market is closed. So that market is basically limited to a certain amount of companies. And I would say that somebody that's willing to do that would be the best candidate. As far as him rolling back Obamacare, it doesn't—it didn't affect me personally. Now, as far as the community, I know it might affect some people in the community, and that's—that's that's obviously not the best option. But it affected people across the board, so I can't take that as a race issue. Um, so I'm talking about—I'm speaking more so from the perspective of the Black community.
1: Okay, that's why—that's why I was trying to say. It was basically for all groups of communities because you know you can say LGBTQ, but then you also have Black people that are LGBTQ. Then you have a lot of men that are LGBTQ. like it's, it's intersectionality of everybody's identity. So when Trump mm-hmm. starts to roll back things, it's going to affect people on different levels. Like we can talk about women's health, pro-choice. He's not allowing women to uh, have birth control, or is he, he? He's allowing doctors to refuse that choice and say somebody got raped and they didn't want to have the child or stuff like that. If somebody's not ready to do it, so that's what I'm
2: saying. Right? I think that with the healthcare, with health—I mean, with not healthcare, with uh, like the the um, abortion and women pro-choice. Me personally, I believe that you should have a choice. I believe that you should be able to do what you want. Now, it is counterproductive, and I am always conflicted when I'm thinking of this because I don't disagree with what he's doing, just because it helps our community. Why it helps our community is because when you look at the when you look at the numbers for abortion rates. Who's getting the most abortions? African American Mm. They're getting it, and I don't want to give the exact, because I can't remember the exact percent, but I believe it's somewhere around 90% of abortions are black. So that's one thing. That's a lot of our children and a lot of our people that are dying. Now, some people say that they're not people yet. They're just... They haven't even formed into a fetus. So, me personally, I, wish I had a choice, like I said. But I don't disagree totally with them because it would help our community. It would have more people in our community. We wouldn't be losing our uh, birth rate. Our birth rate wouldn't be going down, and all of those things too. So, I become conflicted a little bit when you're talking about it. But if I were to put in legislation, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't try to limit you and tell you when you can get rid of your child. But I would encourage. I would encourage um, better like sex education courses and things like that, so you could be more responsible and make responsible decisions.
0: Okay. I definitely feel you on that. I want to quickly go back to when you had spoke about the economy and how under Trump's administration, you said the the economy got a a little bit better. So I'm looking at, I'm reading this article right now, and it's talking about um, in May, the unemployment rate ticked down from uh, April's near 40-year high, but still roughly 10% points higher than it's pre-crisis level. And I've been seeing a lot of things mentioning that the unemployment rate is just skyrocketing, obviously with corona, but also the economy, they, they're talking about how it's a little worse than the last depression that we went through in like, what was that, like 2008 or something? So do you still think that under Trump's administration that the economy is growing, though that, yeah, we're taking that we're in coronavirus right now, but even before then, what, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Because it seems like people were still losing their jobs. Not many people were, like, try, like well off. Because I knew in my personal life, like, people were struggling and trying to find jobs. And I don't know. Like, do you think the economy is this strong under his administration? I, okay, so
2: the reason I think the economy is stronger is a couple of reasons. When I'm saying, there's a couple different things that I'm looking at. One, I'm looking at my community, and I'm looking at, which is the black community. Yeah. Uh, our employment rates definitely went down. Now, the quality of jobs is what you also have to look at because you can give somebody a job and they'll be employed. Now, I do think that our quality of jobs necessarily didn't change, but I think there were more people that had jobs, more people that were employed. And actually, I can't say I think that. I know that by the statistics, it went from near 5%, I think at the end of Obama's uh, term, to about 3.8% right before the coronavirus pandemic. So that's one thing when I'm looking at the economy, but also you have to look at how Trump has went to the board with China. You have to look at how he's negotiating that deal because what China is doing is and a lot of people don't like him for this because he's like all the stuff and they they're right, he, he's impacting trades and tariffs and taxes and all of that so that is an issue in itself but the reason that that's happening is because we're at, basically we're at the board with China and we're trying to tell them like hey listen y'all are taking like all y'all take all of the jobs but they don't want to give anything so he sat down and he's making them come to the table to negotiate these, these deals that we currently have in place so that it's more beneficial for the United States. Right now we're giving them all of the business and China is growing and having a growing amount of power. And I mean that, here is, true.
1: that is true.
0: Like the First. mass companies back over to the United States and stop trying yeah. to mass produce all in these other countries and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I and mean, also China is only doing all the exporting. They're not taking in anybody's like stuff, so they like we're gonna build everything and y'all gonna pay us for it, but we don't want anything that y'all are trying to get to us.
2: And yeah. which is why I say when you take it back. So when you take it back earlier to your first question you asked, like what has he he's trying to revert America back? Mm-hmm. I think in the economy sense, I think that's what that statement actually stood for. The Amer- Make America greatest statement actually mm-hmm. stood for bringing the economy back to a position where it was once at. Because when you think back in the day, like your parents, all of our parents are probably around the same age. Our parents used to be able to go get a job at like a factory at like a production mm-hmm. plant for like Ford or any of those, and have a good lifestyle. They could buy a house and have a comfortable lifestyle, have the cars they wanted, whatever, right. and put money aside for retirement and all of that, so they could live a good life. Because we had those kind of jobs here, we don't have those kind of jobs here anymore. One, I mean, one is partially because of technology, but also because we sent a lot of our jobs, uh, a lot of our jobs overseas, so we don't have those type of jobs for people anymore. So that could bring more jobs into the economy, and that's what he was trying to do. So. To um, to lower our employment rate even lower than it was at. Okay. The quick,
0: quick follow up on that because that's an interesting uh, topic that you brought up. So, like, if we have these factory jobs and doing all of those like labor positions, do you think in this day and age that we're living in, with the the type of people we are, and how you mentioned the technology, do you think people will actually want to do these type of jobs? And do you think that's also a part of why maybe that doesn't get as much attention anymore because people aren't really swayed to, to work in a factory or do these things because we have technology. People can be on there, uh, do an influencer type of thing and be on YouTube, like how we're trying to do. Yeah. So. I think that,
2: yeah, there are people, because there's people like us that would do that. There's people like y'all that do these type of things. I do YouTube myself. There's people that go on YouTube and try to do that, but we have to realize too, yes, YouTube is profitable, especially if you become popular and all of that on the internet, you can make a lot of money on the internet. Don't get me wrong. Everybody can't do that. And a lot of people still are when they say when they're looking for work when they're looking to make money, they're looking for jobs. And they're not, most of the time from my experience, they're not looking for which job fits, like, my interest the best. They're looking for, like, which job pays the most. Mm-hmm. So if I can bring factory jobs over here in, like, a production plant for, like, Ford or a production plant for, like, uh, Toyota or something like that. If I can bring that over here and then I tell them, listen, I'll pay you $25 an hour to do this. That's college wages. That's more than some people with college degrees are making. No so deal. they're going to be like, yeah, I'll take that job. Because it's going to be, I mean, and it's not going to be as hard as it once was because you're not going to be there, like, drilling every nuts and bolts into cars and stuff like that because you're going to have the machinery. So technology is going to work hand-in-hand with the people. So it won't bring back as many jobs as it once were, right. because you don't need those jobs anymore. But it will bring back more jobs because there are people in China and other, other countries that we're outsourcing to that do the exact same thing. They make a way lower wage, but we can bring those jobs here mm-hmm. and pay people and boost our economy. But a lot of people don't want to do that because corporations want to keep as much money as they as they possibly can. Yeah. So that's part of it, too, and that's part of the struggle to get this back like we wanted it to.
1: Okay, so one thing I want to ask you is, is there any of uh, Joe Biden's uh, let me see, uh, laws or, you know, campaign things that you disagree with at the time. I know you said that he has done a lot of bad to the black community in the past in the 90s by passing the laws. Uh, Is there anything currently that is like, I I wouldn't vote for him because he's trying to promote this at this time?
2: Yeah, there's one thing. So everything else Joe Biden says, like, he's going to do good on, he's going to do like, he's pro-choice. He's like for uh, communities of color and he wants to help communities of color equal out everything the playing field. All that is good, I technically agree with that. I just don't trust that that's what he wants to do just because of his past his past um, like actions that he's taken. Now, the one thing that I do absolutely disagree with is his gun control. He wants to ban guns, and I, I'm just not for that at all.
1: So let us let, let, guess for the people. You have a gun shot?
2: I have multiple guns. But <laughs> I And I go to the range every week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week. Because you should practice when you got a gun. You should learn how to use your gun, know how to use your gun. I'm absolutely against that because I do think that we have a right to carry firearms. In a city like Chicago, where we're up 50% from last, from what, last year this time? we have 50% in murders. There's little kids out here. I read an article, 10 to 16 robbing people at gunpoint for their cars. Like, it's yeah. getting crazy out here. And I'm like, I do think that people that are just trying to live their life, they're, Their life law-abiding citizens, they're trying to live their lives peacefully, just go about their day. I do think they should be able to own a firearm to protect themselves because the police can't get there when you need them. The police, most of the time, the police won't be there when you need them, even if you're able to call them before it happens. Right. So, person will be you or shot you.
1: So what is it about gun rights that uh, Joe Biden is trying to affect? Is he? I know last time we spoke, you said he was trying to uh, put like a tax on it. And you think that'll affect on how, how, what type of people could be able to afford the gun if they come from a poor community and, you know, poor communities are more likely to be violent
2: uh, and whatnot. So, well, let me just that... say he's anti. hes Well, he's completely anti-gun. So I'll get to that one that I'll tell you about in a second. He is. So what he wants to do, the first thing that he wants to do is he wants to have smart guns smart guns are stupid you said smart not guns. smart guns so they have like this fingerprint sensor on them yeah they have I'm like fingerprint. so your so your fingerprint has to be scanned for it to be able to shoot and i don't have time to put my fingerprint on here somebody's robbing me and be like hold on give me a second let me make sure you can scan my finger so then i
0: can shoot you. that seems like a way to make sure you track like whenever somebody, somebody or when you kill somebody so then you can always know at any moment who is firing something what they got so then it's like this invasive thing That's.
2: That's really interesting. And they haven't been tested. Um, So I'm not willing to carry something that hasn't been tested. When I can carry something like a Glock that's been around for over 150 years that's reliable and proven. Um, So I don't want to carry that. What we were talking about was HB 5717, which is still currently trying to be passed. Um, But this this bill has about, I think, 10 to 12 laws in it that would concern guns. All of them go over the most intense ones, which are that there's going to be a 50% tax. If passed, there's going to be a 50% tax on firearms. And then there's going to be a 30% tax on ammunition. So that means you buy a $500 gun. You're going to pay $750 for the gun. And then you're going to buy one box of ammo for about $35, $40 now because it's going up because there's an ammo shortage. So $40 for ammo. You're going to take 30% of that. You're going to be at $4, 12 dollars So $52 on top of another $750, $800 for a, five, a $500 gun with one box of ammo. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you're going to have to take this mandatory class that you're going to have to pay $200 for, $150, $200 for Um, just to own a gun. And normally, you don't have to take that class to own a gun. You either get a license, or with your state ID, you're entitled to go and buy a gun. It depends on your state. So it's outrageous. Then they want universal background checks, which means that if I buy a gun in Illinois and I go and move to Florida, the Florida police know that I own that gun. um, So they could easily come and confiscate it. And I don't want that. Just like if you buy your guns in another state, if you got a license to buy your gun in another state, Chicago, Illinois, doesn't have to know you have even have or own those guns. Only the other state would, or let's say you live in Indiana or Ohio or something. Only those states would know that you own that gun. Um, and also, well, there was one more um, that he wants, that's in there. After the universal background check, there's one more I can't think of right now. But there's another one. It's, I, I can get it to you later to put in, like, a link at the end. But there's a lot in that bill that I don't stand for because it just restricts, like, gun owners' freedom to be able to carry. We already in Chicago don't have much freedom to carry. Uh, if you, even if you have concealed carry, there's so many limitations. Oh, and the poor people, that's the part I was going to get to. It's harder for poor people to be able to get those type of, to get guns. Because one, if you guys spend $800 on the, on the gun and the ammo itself, that's, a lot of people don't have $800 extra laying around. Awesome. If you guys spend 200 on the class, you're spending over $1,000 just to get a $500 gun, just to buy it. Like, right now, I could just go and buy that $500 gun for 500 plus tax and take it home. But now it's going to be like $1,000 if that get taxed. So
1: it's like and so, what you're trying to say is, people who are righteously trying to have a gun is going to be harder for them, and the ones who basically are going to commit the crimes, they don't even have the license and stuff like that. So, the people that need protection are not going to be able to get the firearms right. needed.
2: Most gun control doesn't make any sense, just because people that shoot schools up, they shoot up uh, mass events, all of these things. Churches. They go into right. They go into places where guns are prohibited. They're not going to walk up to the door and be like. Oh, wait, there's a no gun sign. I'm not going to do this today. I'm going to just come back when they take the sign down. They're going to go in there and they're going to shoot anyway. It's better to have somebody that does have a gun, uh, that legally carries a gun in there, that has hopefully been trained and training so that if something like that happens, that person would be unsuspected. They wouldn't even know that I have a gun or that that other person has a gun. And they come in there and they get ready to start shooting. Maybe I see them pull a gun out and I can shoot them before they even get to shoot anybody. So...
0: The gun control laws
2: don't make sense. It's just a way to get guns out of the hands of the people. And a lot of people support it because it sounds good on the surface. Mm -hmm. Just like the crime bills. They sounded good on the surface. But when you look at the numbers, they disproportionately affected black people. And that's what gun control does, too. Because a lot of those white people out in the other neighborhoods outside of Cook County, they can own anything on the board. Outside of Cook County, where most of the black people are at, they can own AR-15s, AK-47s, and all of that. Inside of Cook County, you can't own it. And that's where most of the black people in Illinois are at, in Cook County. So it also... It's, it's a lot of things that go into it when you really break it down and look at the numbers and look at the areas that it's really affected.
1: Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, so you would you would vote for Trump, but you're not going to vote for Trump, and you would not vote for Biden. Uh, is it because they're Democrat and Republican? Is there like a certain party that you align your values with?
2: No, nah, I mean, I vote for anybody that's got the best interests of me and my people. So like, if it's in the best interest of me, then I can't just say that I'm going to vote for you because it could be affecting the entire community surrounding me that I'm living. in. So yeah, you might put in a place, a bill that's going to help me financially. I might have a business. I might run a business. I might make 300,000 a year. You might put in a, uh, you might place an act of law that allows me to get a certain tax break that can save me $20,000 in a year. But if that's going to cut people salary, $20,000 or $15,000, then I don't want that either. So it's kind of like I have to take it from the Senate. So my, my political views are more of a centrist. So I look at which candidates have the potential to cause the most uh, damage, which ones have the potential to cause the, uh, to have the most help for the community. Yeah. If it's over 50 for me, then I could consider voting for you. Right now, neither one of them are really over 50 because I'm learning new things. Like more At first, I was geared more so towards Trump. I'm not going to Joe Biden because he's out the gate. But as I'm doing more research every day, I'm learning more and more like the stuff that Trump has done too. And it's just like, at first, I thought it was more so on the surface level of like what he says. And then now I've been speaking to people about it, just talking, having these same conversations with people. And I learned more and more laws that he has actually put into place, like what you were saying earlier with the coronavirus. He got rid of a law. Uh, he got rid of a team right before the pandemic team, right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, messed us up. So,
1: And, and, and also, why. you got to remember that he's, just, he's planning on cutting a lot of uh, funding for education and stuff. Mm-hmm. So as yeah. far as education, you know, black people get the bottom half of that. So mm-hmm. we're going to be dis- disproportionately affected on that. So like, there's uh, there's things that Trump is doing that is horrible, so I understand why you wouldn't vote for him. Like I, at, at this point, I'm 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 in the middle too on that. lessons of two weeks, trying to figure out is it Biden or Trump, and you know it's it's, it's conflicting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm constantly thinking about like you mentioned, DJ, the education system, and I watched this video today about Betty DeVos and how uh, within Trump's administration, if they they're saying if schools don't go back in the fall, they're going to cut that like federal funding for federal schools, and it's just like so just because there is a like global pandemic going on, you're trying to force people to go back into school. So then it's going to rise again. And we can see that obviously America hasn't like took control of this. That's why we're so far behind all of these other countries across the oceans. They're starting to reopen. And now they're, they're trying to put people in more risk. And then there's kids and kids don't necessarily know how to talk for themselves. And say so like, Oh, I feel this type of way. So it's just like, it's this is the last show to it was real life stuff. Yeah. But I want to before we like try to flow out and end this, I have like this last little piece. I have to bring up. Obviously, I'm a historical man. So you had mentioned that you you may have not wanted to vote, but you said you if you if you had to, if you was pushed to it, you would vote for Trump. So we all know the fight for like the fight to, to vote and how black people was disenfranchised for the longest and how people like blood sweat and tears to get to the, the ability to vote even within the women's suffrage movement it took them until like the midway through the 20th century to to get the right to vote so mentioning that do you feel that you have a responsibility to those that came before you and then like the people that's around you right now how you say your your community is affected but if you don't vote and we're allowed like this default to just go to to whoever do you feel that you're affecting them in a way and also do you have this do you feel a responsibility to vote no so
2: no for the president no um I don't think I have a responsibility for the president I know this comes up a lot and the reason I don't feel like I have a um responsibility to vote for the president was because at the time they were doing all of this suffrage all of the suffrage, the women suffrage movement and uh just voting in period for black people. Right. Um, that time they were doing this because they were voting. They were putting in place candidates that would represent them um, at the time of like Black Wall Street. We were putting in. We were trying to put in candidates that would represent us. That would represent us as far as financial, uh, financially, and represent us as far as equality. So for like the um, for the civil rights movement, we were working with Martin Luther King working with the presidents to try to get laws pushed that would civil rights laws pushed. It got pushed unfortunately right after he died, but he got pushed. But we were trying to, the reason that we were voting was because we were voting to improve our, the like betterment of our lives. Now we're just voting to vote, really, because nobody is really representing us right now. We have to put our own candidates in front because the Democratic Party acts like they represent us. They'll talk about race a lot. They'll talk about race issues a lot, and then they never solve it. The Republican Party never says that they're going to talk about race issues, which I can respect because at least you're not lying to me, telling me, like, you're going to solve this and then you just never touch it.
0: But, but they focus you, more on money. Bringing it up in general is like they're they're like that. The silence is violence. That's a model I've been hearing a lot in protests lately. If you don't say anything at all, that's also a part of the problem. Do, do you see that? I do. In the Republican Party, I will
2: say that it's talked about. It's just not. It's just not the main focus. So I do think it could be talked about more. Um, but me personally, I would rather. So I think one thing that we're doing now is we're talking a lot about race and we're talking a lot about race issues. I would rather focus on financial issues in the community, because that's what's harming us more. Um, race issues isn't harming us as much as like the media portrays it. So we have things like police brutality that are an issue. It's an issue across the board, but does it disproportionately affect black people? Yeah, it does. Um, at a rate, maybe not by numbers, but at the rate, it disproportionately affects black people. There are certain race issues. I see a lot of statues and stuff being torn down. But I'd rather be taking all of this, it, this energy and putting it towards, like you said, better in our education system, because that's where it starts, better in our education system, better in the quality of our jobs so that we can have more money. Because, you know, when you have more money, that solves other issues as well. We have more money, that solves issues like all of this crime that's going up, people robbing people for cars, people robbing people, period, killing people, all of this, because when you've got something to do, you don't have to go and do all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that improving that situation, our economic situation, we would improve our race situation in general. But we focus. I feel like we focus. In my opinion, we focus on the race issues more than we should focus on it. Don't so get me wrong. I know they're an issue, but we need to focus more on our economic issues.
1: So by not voting for the president, how are you trying to get your voice heard by right. improving the education system? So, like, what what are you doing to promote? That's what I
2: was getting. That's what I was going to get to. So the president really, the president really, election doesn't really matter as much. What you should be voting for is your lower level. So you got like your alderman, you got your mayor, you got your congresspeople. These are the people that are representing you in front of the president. Your congressperson is representing you in front of the president. For me, I just started looking into all of these people about five months ago. Apparently, Danny Davis has been in since like 1992. He's been like our congressperson 19, that's almost 30 years. And this person is anti-gun, like anti-anti-gun. And he's over most of Cook County. Now, if I really had been as interested as I was then, I could have changed that by voting for a different person that would represent, what I wanted better. So that's one way to do it. You start with your alderman, though, because they're right around the corner from you. So you go to your alderman, you, you form a union amongst the people in the community, and then you go, to your alderman, you go to your alderman and be like, yo, we don't want this school closed down. Like when they closed 500 schools down a couple of years ago, like, you to your alderman and you voice those issues. The alderman can't handle it, then you go to the next level up. You can go to your, I think there's a district person that's, that, that also would be the next level. Then, if that don't work, go to the mayor. Hold protest for that. That's what I want you to hold protest for because that's what's going to make more of a long-term effect. So hold protest for that. Go to the mayor. If you can't make it to the mayor, then, I mean, you got to go to the congressperson. Just keep going up the level. But usually you get to the mayor and you really voice in his opinion and you got outrage and protests like we got for, like, George Floyd over that type of stuff. Those schools wouldn't have closed down. So that's that's one way that I say you have to work. You have to vote in those levels because those are the levels that matter the most. Those lower levels, the people that are right around you, vote in those sections, and you'll change it. Because those, at the end of the day, the president doesn't have as much power really as Congress. So if you're putting more people that represent you in Congress, who passes most of our bills? All of our bills. Hmm,
1: that's true.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Dang, that was a lot. <laughs> but
2: yeah. So that's why I say vote at your local level. Uh, don't care as much about the presidential election. It's easy to care about it because it happens every four years and it's always made a big thing. But
1: mm. are you just saying that for are you just saying that for this election, don't care about the president? No, every election.
2: Like really every election, because when the president doesn't really have as much power as we think because there's a system of checks and balances. So it's not like you can just vote the president and then the president and be like, I'm gonna do all of this, which is one reason why I didn't like Obama. But like I did realize that Obama didn't have the power to do everything but I don't think he did. Nearly, he didn't try to do it nearly as much as he could have. But I don't, I don't I don't. believe he had the power to do most of that stuff. But he did get quite a few deals passed for the LGBT community. So I believe he had a certain amount of power that he could have used that he didn't use so I'm disappointed in that sense. But I realized that a president can't actually make all of these changes. They can only influence the other systems in this systems of checks and balances to gear towards that because at the end of the day the president is really just the face of our country. The face the representative person for our con- country, just like we have representatives of Congress, we have a representative for our Congress. When he goes to an international meeting, to an international summit, he's representing the U.S. So you can vote in essence as who you want to represent you, but they're not really doing a lot.
1: So not much that they can do. So are we talking about the president is only for representation, uh, and the Senate controls what laws is going to be passed. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a better representative? Who's the better face for the country, Biden or Trump?
2: Face of the country. Face of the country, I would have to say that if we're talking socially, how they're going to talk with people, it would probably be Biden, just because he knows how to fake it a lot. He knows how to (laughs) act like things are not his problem. He knows how to fake it, and he knows how to play it off and smile on your face. The funny
0: thing is, people would say the same thing about Trump. Like, within his campaign, he divided, like, America, and people that were maybe less educated and then those that were a little more educated, they seem to understand. But he definitely targeted those groups of people that came from that little poorer, less educated background because he knew what they were like, like you said, that make America great again. They're like, okay, people like me aren't in a place that we should be. So this president, he is talking directly towards me, and he's aligned with my vision. So it's just like he knows. It's like, in a sense, President Trump, he knows exactly what he's doing. It is just like he's, he's just a mass manipulator in some way. I think yeah, I think so. It's hard for me to say on all of that. I think that's
2: true. What uh, what you're saying. I think the, a lot of the people in the South and uh, a lot of people in like Indiana, a lot of white people down there were Trump supporters that or Republicans. Which it was. It's just like blacks voting for Democrats. It doesn't make sense. Why are you Republican when you're making like twelve thousand dollars a year? Republicans are about money. Um, so that doesn't make sense. But they they were more attracted to his rhetoric that he was using. So I do think that makes sense. What I say um, when it comes to that is that there are some things, So I, have to, I like to take a look around the board just so I can make a well-informed decision on some of um, He has cleared a lot of these things up multiple times, like things that have been said. He has said like, this is what I mean, uh, or this is what I'm saying, or that, oh, this was misconstrued. Mm. Um, so when you're clearing, those, when he does clear those type of things up, that's one thing. And also the policies that he made, that he's made hasn't affected black people now, I know we're talking about the education well, I don't know what he's done with that one yet but hasn't negatively affected black people more than the last three Democrats so that's the only that's my only thing that was that is that was really giving him hope in it, that just, sense.
1: It, it depends on what group of people you're talking about during that time it ain't it's yeah. by some, like when you said the last three presidents then they negatively affect what well, the Democrats you said the last three Democrats affected people negatively like what people are you talking about black people So you don't think that, what was the last three times? I'm speaking for
2: black people when I'm speaking on these type of issues, just because I speak more so because I know the community best. I don't know the Latino community. I don't know their issues as well as I know the black community. So I'm speaking for the black community's issues. When I'm talking like the issues that he's, uh, the problems that presidents have created for our community, I'm talking about the black community.
1: So when you speak about black, are you talking about only like African-American?
2: I know we're going to go towards that immigration for black people, but yeah, I'm talking more so about like, uh, now I don't say I consider everybody that I consider people that are immigrants uh, from like Africa, from Haiti, I consider them black people. So I'm, but that's not what I'm talking about. Just because I'm talking about the people that are citizens, that would be more of an immigration issue than a black issue, in my opinion.
1: It's both. It's both,
2: bro. I don't know because that's not, because see what I'm saying, when you do, when you look at things like the crime bill that was passed, that, that, affected, disproportionately affected black people here because it was something that was targeted at minority communities. And those communities were often black and Latino. So I will put that in there. Those were targeted at those communities because the police said, "I we are going to patrol these areas and look for drugs the most in these areas. We are going to do the most drug stops in these areas. As far as immigration, that's anybody that's illegal here. That's, that's not
1: the thing. Immigration, it was like, it, it's just not Illegal people is people that trying to come into the country legally, too. So when you got places from Africa, you got Trump saying, I don't give a F about these, uh, what do you say, shithole countries. Then they're li- less likely to accept people from Africa, Haiti, Dominican Republic, these places that they don't deem worthy. But then they're more likely to accept these European countries from France, from, well, yeah, France, and then Germany and all these other places. So it's going to, it's going to, we're going to get the lower end of the stick being black people because Trump doesn't believe that black and brown countries deserve to be in this country.
2: I understand what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying, and I do think that is I, I do understand that issue. Um I can agree with you on that. That that would be yeah, I can agree with you on that. Um I will say that that does stem from America's education system too. Looking at that, that type of issue of like um the immigration in Africa. Because if you, you've been to Africa, um you've been yeah. in Africa because you've been to Tanzania, yeah. Their degrees aren't seen, aren't deemed as worthy here or as credible here in the United States. I know in Ghana they were. It's hard. I know people with master's degrees that couldn't find jobs here. Even though he had master's degree, they couldn't find jobs in the nice. United States because their degrees aren't de- are deemed, aren't deemed as credible. Um, so I think that's also a part of the education system here or the job system here that doesn't acknowledge those degrees as well. So that is a system that has was existing in itself. I think his language, again, his language and rhetoric might have perpetuated that issue, but that's not an issue that he created. That's an issue that was already existing.
1: But he's going to continue it. That's the thing. If, if, if someone is not trying to change it, they still an enabler.
2: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, too, though. When you are here now, this is not to put a divide, but when you are here in my community, when I'm growing up here, mm-hmm. I didn't see a whole lot and I still don't see a whole lot of African like immigrants or Haitian immigrants here in my community. So when I'm when I'm speaking, it's more so for who I grew up with, the community that I grew up with. I grew up with the black people that were born in America. I grew up with the black people in the community. So those are the people, those are the issues I know the best. Just like I'm saying, I couldn't look at the Latino community and tell what their issues. I can't fight for their issues. I don't know their issues. I'm not Latino. I might know some of their issues, but I don't know all of the issues. Like, they know their issues. So when I'm speaking, I'm speaking for the issues of the community that I grew up in. I see around here, I see just around the corner, like when I see that a seven year old girl got shot in the living room, those are the type of issues that I'm speaking towards more. So so I'm like looking at the community that I grew up with, the people that I've seen the most, that I've interacted with the most. I know mm-hmm. that I recognize African immigrants and Haitian immigrants, even if some of them might not recognize us. I recognize them as being part of the black community, but also I don't know their issues as well enough to be able to like fight for their all of their issues. If somebody came up to me, as was like, this is an issue, you know, like Trump is coming, like you're saying, yeah, I feel like, okay, I understand that. And I do understand that. And I do, but I do think that you're right. He will perpetuate that. Um, and he should fix it. Somebody should come to him with a plan to fix this, uh, to to fix the education, basically. Like I was saying, the educational piece of that, that issue okay. that stems from educate, from the colleges not being recognized as credible colleges. Right. We have to break the issue down to, the, to its core, more so is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Man, this was this was a pretty good conversation that we had, just to to hash out and to speak on our opinions on this like this upcoming election. I feel like there's not a lot of opportunities for just people in general to just have this in-depth conversation and just even if we all have different views, we're allowing ourselves to to talk that out and for us to try to understand that. So that's like one of the the main reasons that we wanted to do this. So before uh, we close out, though, I had uh, when we was talking about. Uh, Trump and his administration it made me think about like this his uh travel ban, and he he like tried to get it passed, but then the House they voted to repeal it so uh do you think that's like tainted his image at all that he tried to restrict people that come here internationally to uh to not be able to go home because in turn it's like the eu uh Europe and all of that they then uh banned American flights to their country, so it's just like it, it seems like he's not necessarily doing the right thing so i just want to get to that, that last uh your last thoughts on that so you're saying he's stopping them from going back to their home countries yeah he tried to but then the house of representatives they voted to repeal it because it's just like that's that's ridiculous was it because of the coronavirus
2: or what was it because of the- no, it
0: was just he didn't i, I don't i didn't well,
2: he, I don't wanted, he didn't fun. want it like they were they were on visas i'm guessing right mm-hmm. he didn't want them to go back to their communities yeah like, you know, i didn't know about that no yeah. i didn't know i didn't know about that um Nah, I wouldn't support that. I don't think you should hold somebody hostage in the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like I'm saying I'm learning every new things every day about them. Um, no, nah, I didn't know that I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah. So, that no, nah, I wouldn't support that. Uh, holding somebody hostage in it in your country that's that seems a little terrorist, a little bit terroristic to me, but uh, yeah, Nah, that's
1: yeah, yeah. I can all right. Well, so to close out, we're gonna do this little thing called final words. Okay, so any final words from Sean?
2: Further words you said?
1: Final words. Like lesson conclusion
2: Uh make a well-informed decision in this upcoming election. Um, if you decide to vote, do your research, do your due diligence, and make sure you make sure you look into your local elections as well because those will be on the ballot. Make sure you're looking into your Supreme Court justice, uh, the judges. Make sure you're looking into your Congress people, all of that because, like I said, those are the more important positions. The president is just a face more than anything. So make sure you're looking at those positions and making the best the best decision on that because we already got a hard decision anyway with the
0: Mm -hmm. president. Eric, my final words is get out and try to talk to somebody like how we're doing right now. We're having this real conversation and just hashing out some opinions and it may be difficult and it may, it may not be as engaging as interesting as what's going on on Instagram and all that bull crap. But we need to have these conversations about this election right now because this is affecting our lives. And as we're getting older, we're not little kids anymore. So this is like, in my my, my viewpoint, this is like getting to become our responsibility to, to educate the the younger people that's going to come up to be able to vote next. So, man, just get out there and try to find some common ground with somebody that you don't know, man. Just uh, chop it up with somebody. All
1: right. Yeah. And I guess my final words is uh, I, what Sean said. Do more local elections, uh, vote for the ultimate, vote for the, the mayor, the governor, and stuff like that. So we can get senators that's in placed in office that can have your point of views. So if we want progressive people, you need the people that can vote on these things to have your progressive views to get the laws passed. Wow. And agreeing with Eric, yeah, have more dialogue. Like when Sean told me that he, uh, if he was to vote, he would vote for Trump, I was kind of, you know, flabbergasted, you know. But, you know, the first thing you got to do is hear people out about their views and whatnot. So, I mean, you know, it's a gray area between everything. So, it's a
0: gray area, man. That's so our show. So y'all, y'all like and subscribe. Share this with your people. Man, if y'all have any specific topics that y'all want to talk about, that you want to hear us talk about, send us an email. Send us a DM. We're always willing to listen. We want to hear from you all. Thanks and you then
1: for- the email is thegrayarea.talk at gmail.com. Gray spell with an E. Instagram is thegrayarea.talk, gray spell with an E. And the YouTube channel is thegrayarea.talk. Great spell to eat. And then, Sean, uh, for the people that want to contact, comment, DM you, what's your
2: Instagram or a way they can communicate with you? Uh, My Instagram is Sean Malik. So it's S H V U N M V A L I K. Okay. All right.
1: Thanks, everybody. Peace out. Tune in.